Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. Friends, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is very unique and special in a couple of ways, as you're going to hear. Um, it's almost an episode where I would say it's an angel story within itself. Friends, many of you follow me over on Instagram at Angel Podcast, so you might have heard this already. But the day, the 24 hours leading up to my grandma's passing, a grandmother who was very much like a second mom to me, I got sign after sign after sign after sign from her. Um, and I continued to get many signs after her passing too, and, and still do. But What you're going to hear is me in an interview. And once I finished this interview, about five minutes later, I got the call that my grandma was no longer here on earth with us. This is the only podcast interview that I've ever done. And if you're watching over on YouTube, I think you can see it where the lights are flickering basically the entire time. And one of the only podcast episodes that I've done where the interview has brought me around to talk about my grandmother. And I know that she was with us as I was recording this that day. Um, I know that she has been leading me in a charge to break cycles of ancestral trauma within my blood, my bloodline. And I just feel like this episode is incredibly special because of that. And because I knew she was with us the entire time and how she just led the conversation. So I hope that you Um, just understand that I didn't know that she had passed as I was recording this interview, but found out uh, about five minutes after. And so I hope you can see the angel story in all of it as well. Friends, I love you. I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, I dedicate it to my grandma and just all the continued work I'm doing this year on her behalf. Love you, friends. Here's the episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. Friends, I am so excited for you to hear today's discussion with the kitchen healer. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see her beautiful book. You know how much I love color and it is pink and red with her beautiful picture. Um, Today we have Jules Blaine Davis. And Jules, everything that you do just the color vibrations that come through, the vibrations through your photos, the vibrations through your words. You are so in alignment every second of every day and it comes through just everywhere you are online too. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for seeing that. Yeah, you have this book and it goes through and you're, you're really a healer. And you use food as medicine to heal, but you also work with the other side to come through and help heal. And so we jumped on, we were having a little bit of a pre-conversation. I was like, wait, let's get this all, let's just make this part of the podcast episode. And there's just so, so much that I want to dive in uh, with you today, but I wanted to start here. We all have different things going on with our physical bodies because they are this filter of our energy in our everyday lives and they're filtering emotions and feelings and experiences. Um, So I want people to listen to this through the lens of looking at your body what your body is experiencing right now through a different lens. A lot of times when we look at what our body is experiencing, we just want to like grit and bear it and move through it and not deal with the root of it. And so I think as people listen today, you're going to hear Jules get to the root of things. 
And I have been working with my voice for the last year and a half, year and a half plus now, where I have worked with dozens of different people, every single doctor that you could imagine, gone to the best specialists in the U.S., um, had needles poked into my throat, had scopes. I've had so much like looking in of what's going on, worked with different voice coaches and thought it had all gone away. And this week it came back. And I've learned that some of it is due to overuse. I'm a vocal athlete. I speak all the time, but I have these different things going on. Um, I've talked about it before on the podcast. I know that diabetes runs in the family. I know my angels say all the time that if I'm not careful with my food, that's coming my way. Dry mouth and dry throat is a pre-symptom of pre-diabetes from what I've read. Not an expert in that. And then living in Illinois, if anybody lives in Illinois or the Midwest, it's like allergy central for some of us. I am allergic to everything, trees, grasses, ragweed, especially. So I'm on allergy medications pretty much year round, which just dry you out even more. And I want to do some work with you today, if it's okay, on getting to the root of the voice, because you say too, it can go back to the past and the voice that we haven't had as a kid. I would say this is the most unique beginning of an interview I've had about my book ever. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> I, I am too. Here's the greatest news. The greatest news is getting current with what is happening is an enormous part of what it looks like to nourish our deepest lives. Now, what I want to just say with your beginning before we move any further is this book is not a cookbook. Yeah. So I didn't write a cookbook. I'm not a chef. My work is about exactly what we're going to move into today and what you came with. That is how I work with everyone that I work with, how I work with myself. Like something's here, life is getting lifey. What's the invitation for me? Yeah. If I really have a faith, if I really have trust, if I got my angels and my team, how can they communicate with me? Well, they can communicate with me in so many different ways. And one of the ways and the biggest ways is through the body. I mean, our bodies are, you know, so phenomenal. They're so phenomenal. And they also are storage units for old, old, old stories. Yeah. And how they were carried and what we saw, how the body on our mom or our dad or our grandma, they all showed us how to carry and be inside a body. Mm -hmm. They modeled that for us. They didn't need to say anything. We just saw it. And then we gathered what it looked like to survive and belong. And we moved forward and we shaped, we got shaped and then we became people. And now we're sitting here and your field and how you found me and my field and team, it sounds true and how they found you. And here we are. And this is spirit. Spirit does this, right? Angel, God, whatever you want to call it, bigger energy than us. And this dry throat thing is a story that is right here front and center for you. You get to put it on the back burner on low, then you bring it up and it's boiling and you're just like, what the heck am I cooking? Mm -hmm. What needs to be cooked? What is this calling me closer to? What do I need to know? Mm -hmm. Does this all make sense and resonate? A hundred percent. It's taken me on the last year and a half on this huge dive into the physical body and understanding my energy even more so with it. And I should tell you too, it's not just dryness. It gets to the point because I talk so much where the dryness turns into a really bad sore throat. And then this chest pain that feels like you're having a heart attack. It's severe. It's very painful. It's heavy. Yeah. And so thanks for sharing all of it because it's, 
you know, it's vulnerable to put out in the world and even through a microphone, um, what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And that I would say is the first step to waking up, which is the first section of the book. So my book doesn't go into like these kinds of things in depth, right? I'm not a doctor. I have to say, even though I play one on TV, just kidding, and do not play one on TV. Um, <laughs> and and I'm not a doctor because the, the, actually the system is broken. That's why they can't figure it out because it's it's wider. It's not that they are not amazing and and incredible, and we love you know if we have a good doctor, oh my God, God love you. I mean that's incredible. And the system of Western mind and Western medicine is broken because what we're being called to is such deeper, wider realms, more so than in any other lineage and any other time of our lineage's lives, right? So everyone is adapted and they've evolved and they've devolved and the earth is in extreme harm and the earth's body is our body. We're all sharing, she's our bigger body. She's the earth, she's the air we breathe. She's the body we move inside of. And so we can't not invite that in when we're having the conversation about our own bodies. Mm. And it's just like, right? Like if a baby is suffering, we're looking at the mom. Yeah. If the baby in utero, sorry to get more, but we're also looking at the mom. We're looking at what's happening in the home. If the baby is a toddler or right outside the body, but if I'm talking about in utero, we're all in utero with the earth. So there's nothing to believe here. Like, this is not like, hey, do you believe this? I mean, this is what's happening. There's air, there's fires where there never was. There's rainstorms that are taking down lives and homes. I didn't see that as a kid. That was not, that was not happening, especially here. Mm -hmm. She's speaking to us. Her throat is dry. Mm -hmm. Her chest is heavy. Mm -hmm. So she's calling you. And all those that we all have different things. I have my things that are imbalanced and are inviting me forward and have invited me forward journeys with mortality, very, very deep moments. And so we're not meant to live this way. So of course you are going and seeking. You're like, this is not normal. So I'm going to go try to fix this. So Western mind is a fixing mind, right? And that's not working. Because there's so much that's not being able to be fixed. What we are trying to fix, we kill other things with. So then that medicine is harmful even on the earth. It's harmful in our bodies. These are deeper inquiries that I'm bringing forward that I really haven't spoken about that much, you know, unless you're working with me more in a custom way. But because you brought it to the surface, it's like, This is a very, this is the topic. It's not even this is a very deep topic. This is the conversation. What does it look like to nourish your deepest life? What does it look like to even be a kitchen healer? It's to cross the threshold into our deeper lives. Mm -hmm. And usually those things come with illness, right? It's the, it's a gift of desperation, the gift of pain, That brings us to something beyond, brings us to things that we never thought were possible. It usually starts with, oh my God, what is this? This is so annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is, oh my God, do I have something really serious, right? But those are, our mind is shaped from all the stories we came from. So how did you see illness in your home? What did it look like? Did everybody push through or did, were they on the couch out for three weeks, even though they were fine by two weeks? What was the story? So my work is around what the story is and then what that calls in, because I'm all about calling in a team, whether it's I have phenomenal people on my team and also who I refer out of like, ooh, you know what, that's coming in for you. And then before you know it, the dry throat starts to shift. The chest starts to shift. And again, this is not like magic. It's just you saying, okay, did all those other things and that stuff didn't work. I'm usually one of the last people people come to, which is like the homeopath. My homeopath used to always say that, right? <laughs> He'd say like, I, I'm the last, which is harder because now you've gotten some other things that came along. 
right? And so, yeah, I would be so curious in terms of when you said getting to the root, like of your voice, you also called yourself a vocal athlete, which I love so much. You know, it's like that is the, you know, the root and and what is it to nourish? What would it be to nourish instead of moving forward to fix? Right. If you paused, what would it look like for you to nourish that root? Friends, what if there was nothing stopping you from becoming abundant to the max in all things? Finances, time, nothing was holding you back from becoming your healthiest, happiest, most financially abundant self yet. Friends, thanks to our annual and monthly angel members, we've been able to grant over $100,000 in partial scholarships so that souls who want access to life-changing teachings in the angel membership have that opportunity. And we have more partial scholarships to give. Don't let your egoic mind tell you that you're not worthy because the angels and I are here telling you, you are worthy. This is your year, but I can't help you get where you're going if I'm not working with you in one of my programs. Become an angel member now. Go to theangelmedium.com, then the angel membership tab to sign up. If you need a scholarship, let us help you. Scroll to the bottom of the Angel Membership page and click the link for partial scholarship options. Links are in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you for coming together as a community. Thank you for contributing what you can each month. And thank you for helping us reach hundreds of deserving souls with life-changing teachings in the Angel Membership this year. This is going to be your best year yet. And that, I think, is the question for me, too, because when I was little, I think illness was very much hidden from us, my sister and I. Nobody really got sick uh, when my grandfather got cancer, though. It wasn't like we were around him to be able to see it. And we weren't even allowed to go and say goodbye to him, even though we were very close to him and had lived with him for a time because they didn't want us to see him that way. So it was just that health was shown to us. And if you got sick, you took a day off or you went to the doctor, you got some antibiotics and you get right back on the train and you just keep running. Exactly. And I love that you're sharing illness was hidden. And so the throat is, you don't have a skin issue. Mm -mm. Your body has chosen something that's hidden. Mm-hmm. So you're, you can hide the dry throat. I mean, no one knows. Yeah. Um, no one knows that your chest is heavy. Like no one knows anything you're just sharing with us. Right. So that means you have to use your voice, which is reshaping the story for you already by sharing it, mm-hmm. um, especially to your audience. Then they didn't want to see it. And then you called, you said they didn't want you both to see it only health. And what's so fascinating is this is health. Yeah. So your definition of health was to be healthy. Yes. This is also bringing into the field Gabor Mate's new book, The Myth of Normal. He's also speaking about this and what normalcy really truly is in our Western society and in Western medicine. So just to kind of put that on the map as well. He's a really big teacher of mine and he's also in the field. And so this idea of what is health And then, of course, when I even asked you, what is it to nourish the root? You went to the past. So what I'm going to ask it for you again, what would it look like just for what you know? We only know what we know in the moment. We'll know more in a minute. But right now we only know what we know. What would it look like for you to nourish this throat piece? You have it in you. You already know. So I want to I want to hear from you. What would it look like to nourish this? I keep getting slow down, do less, enjoy more. I think that um, slow down, do less are incredible prescriptions 
right? They're not on like a prescription pad. I mean, until you hang with me, <laughs> like right now. Oh, I love you, Joel. Throughout the book, slow down. Like it's in everything. It's on every page because I'm reminding myself too. Me too. I'm I'm living this culture too. Yeah. Your dry throat is my dry throat, right? We're in this together. It's like, oh, if you're imbalanced and trudging through, then then I can't see myself in you. So your healing is um, my healing, right? So my healing placed me here in this conversation with you. And it continues. There's no period after the sentence. I'll never graduate from being healed. There's no such thing. My body will continue to change, right? So this idea of slow down, do less. And then your mind probably wanted to get involved and excited about something. So she was like, let's go get ice cream and enjoy more. Enjoy more takes us out of what the harder thing is. Slow down. Enjoy more. Yeah. Oh my God. One more thing to do. I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> we would put that right at the top. Slow down and do less feels like, what do I do in this town? Where am I staying? Where did I park? Who am I? I mean, it's, it's not um, easy. That's why no one's doing it. Yeah. And I just had something come up for me there. Um, yeah, when I was little, a couple different things, my mom would come in and legit, I'd be just like playing on the floor in my room and my mom would come in and her go-to saying was, and I love my mom, but she's going to be so, I love her too. Oh my God. Five years old. Are you being productive? What the hell does productive mean, mom? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Are you being productive? Are you being productive? Well, I sure quickly learned what being productive was. And and what was it? Just doing, just fiddling with stuff, working on projects, organizing, doing my homework, reading, learning something, being on task instead of doing the nothing or slowing down. And then I always got rewarded for that. So being an yeah. achiever and becoming an achiever was always rewarded for that. And if I wasn't achieving, it was kind of that, well, where could you be productive? Yeah, like there's definitely something wrong. Yes. Like if you're, you know, you got to find the next thing. Yes. Um, because the, if the template, and again, this is the Pavlovian theory, right? It's like, Okay, if that thing it brings in a lot of things, you know, dopamine, cortisol, I mean, everything is wrapped up in that. We're shaped in that. I mean, to slow that down, again, in the Western mindset would be like, are you, are you crazy? I mean, here, which is so crazy because that other way of doing things is, is nuts. Um, but none of us knew that because we live here. Again, this is also very poignant to say that this is an American value. Mm -hmm. Um, we are the youngest, um, and we, and we're like the free and the brave, but we're, but we're not truly free. Um, we, we, you know, we're, we're, we're essentially, I mean, we're on a rampage with our freedom. We're like toddlers, um, because we don't have like, again, let's bring the roots back. We don't have the tap roots in. we're like new little flowers. And as we stomp everywhere, nothing's going to grow. Now, if you go to Europe or you go to places that have a lot more values, traditions, nourish taproot, um, you're not going to see that. You're going to see the really big trees that can hold your toddlerness. But in America, we don't have that. So I want to go back to this template. And just so, again, I can't stop and I'll keep repeating it here in our time together that your courage to share is beautiful because it allows everyone to go me too. And in the book, I talk a lot about me too medicine and how it opens us up. When we hear other people's experience, strength, and hope, we hear people's stories or something we're doing that is can be completely cray, you know, where our, our higher self is like, that's nuts. Can you stop? But the somatic self just wants to keep going because we don't know any other way. It's like, wait, when I do that, I get the cookie. I mean, like what? I'm, of course I'm going to go get the cookie. You know, why would I not get the cookie? Um, and so this idea of are you being productive was her story. Mm -hmm. And so she put it on you. And the, what was it to be productive? If we look at productive, we're looking at product. We're looking at 
for something pro for something. And so whatever her story is and whatever her mom did, I would say that it could be a few things, right? I know you probably know this, but for our audience here, it's like, there's a few options. One is there was no parent or the parent died young and you had to get up and grow up at a super early age and do it all or mental illness or depression or something else was in the field and then you had to become the parent or you or you came from like you did your yeah. mom being somebody that was telling you to be and then you became that and then your kids will go no and be the opposite of that which is right. equal the opposite of productive really like hyper vigilant productive is not wanting to do anything like happy to be homeless they're equal and so the the middle of these stories whatever the story is the middle of it is where we get to know who we are that's where the slowdown lives that's where this work lives the conversation with with what i'm sharing to the world my tikkun olam my mending of the world is this middle way what is the middle way for you what does it look like to truly nourish your voice what it lo- what does it look like what does it look like for a vocal athlete to take to to nourish your your vocal athleticism you hit the nail on the head in a couple of different spots there and um the point that i was trying to make before uh a while back when you said something i was like oh that brought something up for me I don't know who I am without the productivity. It's completely 110% my self-identity. And then when you were talking about like, go back, my grandmother's mom's mom's mom, so great grandma passed away when she was only 12, 11 or 12 years old. And she was the oldest female. So she had to take over doing all of the laundry for the older boys, her dad, her younger sister. She was mom. She didn't know how to nurture. She didn't have time to nurture. She just had time to do. And she had to do so much. She's the grandma. And this is your mom. This my mom's mom. Oh, your mom's mom. So your mom's mom became a parent at 12. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then got pregnant early and did not want to. And I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know she loves my mom, but I'm not sure that she ever really wanted to be a mom. mom. Yeah. Or, or continue that cycle of work. But she, right. that was like back in the fifties, she didn't have a choice. Right. And so again, they're like the lack of voice in there. And then since she didn't get nourished herself, didn't maybe know how to nourish. And that has definitely transferred. Although my mom was really, really great in looking at me almost like a peer my whole life and really being excited about what I had to say. And we would explore different spiritual ideas with one another. So emotionally there on the spiritual level, very supportive, but in the everyday, just pick up yourself by your bootstraps, get to work, go be doing something. Right. And so we get to like, we get to really like take a pause here. Let's do it. Okay. Are you open to it? Love it. Because it's so deep and it's such a heavy chest. I mean, I can feel it. It's such a heavy chest to have to, I mean, death does that. I mean, there's, there's no other, you're the only one here. (laughs) You're 12, you're capable. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. No one, no one knew other options. Oh, she's not old enough to be that. So let's bring in support or my job is going to change and we're going to move here and travel the world for the year. I mean, like whatever, like there weren't, no one knew anything, but what they knew. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they didn't do it maliciously. Right. Oh, a hundred. They didn't mean to not know. So we get to really, ah, we can just kind of close our eyes here. <clears throat> and anyone listening too, just and just feeling where you're sitting, 
like there's nothing to do here like right now this there's nothing to do like this is what we're doing we're sitting here together mm-hmm. and you can close your eyes or keep them open whatever feels good and and just to start to feel the seat you're sitting in just like feel it holding you like that's it just like orient yourself to being held by the seat you're in and so in that feeling along with your breath the most intimate thing we could do is breathe we're breathing in life we're saying yes life yes life and then we're saying out with that breath and in with life and out with life we're doing this cycle and so as we do that And just allowing the weight of your body. And it's almost like a shift you'll feel. Like just allowing that shift to being held. So you're going from holding to being held, to letting the chair hold you. Because it already is. But a lot of us are, we're doing the chair's work. (laughs) Like we could all sit in chair. Like. No, 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 the chair's there for you or the bed or the couch or in the car, you know, wherever you are, just letting yourself be held by what's already holding you. It feels so supportive. I just totally like relaxed into it, into the chair. Exactly. Me too. And it's like, we'll forget in 10 seconds and then we'll be holding again because those are the stories we carry right in our bodies. So it's like this breath and slowing our self way down. Uh, And then through the book, there's all these opportunities to do this too. So just right here, again, it doesn't have to be a moment. Like it doesn't have to be carved out. It doesn't have to be like, oh, trying to get to that meditation earlier. Like, good luck. I'm talking about right here while you're driving, doing the dishes, just feeling your feet letting the floor hold you, letting the earth hold you. And just like the, the, your shoulders go, you know, they, they come down from the sky. And this is for you. Like this can happen at any moment in the day, waiting at the doctor's office, in the line at Trader Joe's. Literally any time that I'm given a moment, I come back to this. Like, I'm not waiting for somebody to come in and tell me it's time to go in. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to just breathe here. And I'm going to let go. And just feel my body. And then, oh, it's my time for the whatever. Like, we get to just allow this moment. We're ru- we're rushing our lives. Mm-hmm. We're, we're rushing our lives. And so this idea that you bring up, which is, I would say 95% of the women I work with, their disease is capability. So when you say, I don't know any other way, I don't even know who I am without being able to do, well, that's capability. You're letting us know how capable you are. You're capable. You're the one to call. You got this. What if you started to know that deep inside yourself without needing everybody else outside of you to know that? Ooh, deep. Feels it's good. It's a really, really different way of living. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about just today. I mean, I love just today because that's all we have and know. But I mean, what if you wake up in the morning and you start to shape your life around this invitation of your throat? Not from a fixing out of you standpoint, this is wrong and terrible, but a what do you need me to know? Mm-hmm. What high body? I'm here now. What do you need me to know? The two things you said were slow down and do less. Well, those are titles of books that are like a thousand pages yeah. <laughs> with empty pages. So slow down looks great in the cover. What the hell does that mean inside my life? What does it really look like to slow down? And it's not two weeks in Bali. I love that idea, but it's not. She's coming with you and she's coming back and then she's going to get full into it. Right. What does it look like in the day to day to slow it down, to slow down this 
have you stopped doing this podcast for three months? Have you stopped talking for three months? Have you taken inflammation out of your diet? Let's go there. Ah. (laughs) Anyway, those are really big things. By the way, those are the chapters of this thousand page book. They are not on every page because I'd be running. I'd be putting that book in the fire. Totally. (laughs) Right. But again, the, 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 the temperature and the volume have to get so loud for us to change. It's amazing. You, your legacy was that 12 year old girl doing it all. That's what's running you. So it's up to you because she wasn't able to heal that while she was here. It's my grandma's 12 year old girl who's still running. My grandma, my mom, me. That's, I just want to clarify for everybody. Yes. And so she's running you in 2023. Yeah. So the legacy that we inherit from the stories that weren't healed yet, we inherit them like a beautiful gift. (laughs) And a lot of things we do inherit that are really beautiful, like glass bowls. I mean, there's things we inherit that we love that we're like, that was grandma's. Um, And then there are things that we inherit, like her agency and her choice wasn't hers. Those are, those are lifelong things. They're huge. It's huge because I mean, that was 1945. Right. So just 10 years, 15 years after the depression, people were still living in that scarcity story. You better get the laundry done and eat that off your plate. Right. Well, and that's where food comes in big for all three of us too. Grandma, mom, and I is, um, food has always been nourishment, but not in the like cook really good nourishing meals, but in the what's the quickest carb that you can put in the mouth. Now, how is that nourishing? Tell me a little more. The feeling of feeling so full that my brain turns off and the action of getting to pause and to break from the productivity and from doing to just sit down and be still and do nothing is is when i'm eating can you say it again you're really you're really you're becoming my favorite when you oh, say it again yay i love you um so brave i you said the carb, the carbs and feeling oh, yeah. so full. Yes. Just feeling so full that my brain turns off. I'm able to just be and enjoy the slowdown of doing nothing but eating. I enjoy eating. And I'm also a binger. I just let my angel members know and I'm trying to work through this too but I don't have the purge afterwards but I will binge out a lot this is so um incredible that you're bringing this it's really brave thank you I had it's to do really a lot brave work on myself but you're right that voice within me has just gotten so loud and there's so many different components to this i know that binging is part of my adhd as well and not having that dopamine and not having that your frontal lobes act as this break where you can just have the breaks to say no and i don't have that and i was trying to explain this to my husband the other night he came in this is a funny side story last wednesday it was a day before my birthday and he goes it's 5 10 p.m at night and he goes you're really hard to buy for if i could do anything for you i would just take you on a spontaneous vacation we just up and go somewhere and i said are you serious and he's like yeah I was like, okay, well then you go get your laptop, I'll get mine. And so we jumped on and uh, we've never ever done anything like this, but um, there were no flights going out the next day. The only flight was like at 8.30, 8.40 that night. So we jumped on a plane, we got my daughter packed in 30 minutes, us packed, 
called a cab, got to the airport, and just went on a little weekend vacation. But that's not having breaks. Like Where did that you was go? a lot of anxiety for him. Florida. Where in Florida? Um, we had never been to St. Pete Beach, so we went over there. So great. I know, I know. But that's like not having breaks. Like that was a lot of anxiety for him. But me, you just tell me something and I just go do it. I don't have the breaks to stop. But it's not having the breaks to stop with like the stuff that you should stop with. Like food. Food is my addiction. I'm so glad we've met. Yay! Me too. <laughs> yeah. It's really it's really important. Yes. It's an important conversation. Um, yeah, the breaks. And again, the breaks are even a story now. And I don't mean they're a story and you don't have ADHD. That's not at all what I mean. I ADHD and all of these major things that are occurring are just truly adaptations of how to live in our culture. They really are. They're just like they're they're like becoming genes, you know. So when we first started this part of your offering to us about the big carb, the thing that really shows up when I'm hearing you speak, the thing I'm hearing is this almost distorted view of a word that I would know as something healthy. So like health from before, when you were like health and everything you were describing was not health. You did it again with nourishing. Mm -hmm. So this is beautiful because the, you know, words are so powerful and they also carry the stories like body. You could say body to one person, you say body to another. And like, you know, it's like a totally different realm. Yeah. And so nourishing isn't your brain stopping. That's not what it looks like to nourish your, your body. You want your brain to want to be there with you. So when your big car binger is happening and you said, these were your words and tell me if I'm wrong, you were feel you feel so full that your brain stops and turns off and that you're able to finally be and enjoy. So that's the piece that has the microphone. Perfect. Because if enjoyment is I got to eat this cake so that I can be calm, we're now in a really very clear, of course, why not? I mean, <laughs> this would be where the cookie is. We're in a very clear conversation with what the food is providing for you. That it is providing medicine for this extremity that goes on. You're either full on at a thousand or you're at zero. A hundred percent. Here's the greatest news. There is a middle. There are a ton of numbers in between zero and a thousand. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that live there yeah. in the middle. And there are a lot of people that don't know how to live there. I would say the majority don't know how to live there. And I'm making my way in that middle. So I can be like, hey, I'm taking tours to the middle. Who's coming? I have seats for 10. <laughs> I'll take one seat. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So we're on that journey right here in this conversation. We're making our way to the middle. And and because zero and a thousand aren't sustainable, they're unmanageable. And when you start to see it and really feel it, which usually it takes a body thing or an invitation or your kids addicted to something and you find yourself finally meeting yourself or, or, or. There's going to be something that comes into your field and says, this is not manageable. I can't do this any longer. It's not serving. Yeah. So when you get to that place for yourself, then you start to literally, it's like you put on a new pair of glasses and it's just like, oh, okay, right. So if I'm running on fumes, then... I'm giving the legacy to my daughter to run on fumes. This is what means we belong and are surviving. We'll survive, we'll belong, you know, we'll be the, um, what's the, the term, um, survival of the fittest. 
you know, we're going to, um, and all the things that came with the depression and all the things, right? Like our kids will now be shaped from the pandemic. And there were a lot of children in that time that were in very crucial social times of their lives that cannot come back, like middle school or whatever the pieces were that everyone was affected. But if you were maybe a newborn or, you know, it's a little different um, and I'm sure it'll be affected somatically, but all to say you are carrying all the things. So when you start to see, oh, that's, I can't do this dry throat thing anymore. We'll go back to the actual symptom who is the teacher here. Um, then it's like, oh, what's the dry throat mean? Okay, let's go a little further in. Okay, what's in this room? I have a lo very loving, dimly, perfectly lit light headlamp where I'm looking in there with you. And I'm just like, okay, what's in this drawer? And what's in this? Okay. And so when you start to see your stories and the stories of your mom and the stories of your grandmom and her mom and all the women before you, you start to see where in this lifetime, what you can manage to change. And it does take courage to change because you're literally, if you look out to the culture, everyone's a me too for what you're doing. And everyone's like, me too. What's your blood work? Oh, I'm pre-diabetic too. And everyone's like, yeah, totally. What are you getting at Starbucks? You know, like everyone wants to connect about their illness but no one is doing an intervention for slowing down. They're only doing it when you're on heroin and on the street. So that's our culture. No one's saying, wait, hold on. Have you gotten a massage this week? What are you doing? Like, stop everything. Cancel your whole week. This is not okay. And like getting so serious, like six friends to be like, why, why don't you have a team right now? you have this dry throat thing for a year. Like, are you joking? This has got to stop. You know, no one's doing that. It's only when we're like, our limb is falling off or when we've can validate ourselves to be in the emergency room. Yeah. My work is really very much an invitation to prevent the ICU. Usually we're already in an ICU. I see you. Oh, and so we're already in that by the time we're having the conversation to get to the place where you're brave enough to share with your audience all these things. And also a lot of the work that it's going to take is quiet. It won't be like postable. It's not billboardable. It's not interesting, actually. That like I scraped myself from the office and I got my shoes on and I took that 30 minute walk. Oh, my God. Stop it right now. I did that seven days in a row. Anybody? Anybody? No one. <laughs> <laughs> no one is like, woo, other than maybe my coach and my, you know, accountability partners, all the things we're trying to change until it becomes who we are. So my work is about helping you with these stories, supporting you, giving you heart work, which is all throughout the book. That then gets you closer and closer and closer. And so many things will start changing immediately. And then there are other things that are hanging on for your life and don't want to go anywhere. And then as you keep doing it, you do the things you never wanted to do. You keep doing it. And I, I have your hand or whoever you've chosen for your team. They're not going to be family members. They're not going to be friends. This does require investing in yourself. And then things change. And then things change and then things change. And then you don't even recognize this woman. You can have empathy for her, but you no longer are okay with living inside your disease. You're no, you're no longer okay with that old relationship of capability because something greater spoke, whether it's your body or your daughter. For me, it was my children. It was like, oh no, it can't be what that was. So, okay, got to change it. And then I know better. I wasn't able to do better. So it's it's really, it's many, many things. But this idea of slowing down and that slowing down comes when you've stuffed your body to the to the place of illness and that you you don't even have a hunger gauge. Right. Means I or hurt a myself. Gauge. Exactly. I hurt myself to then get 
to slow down, which is not healthy, like it meaning it's not that's not nourishing. But here's the thing, it's because you carry the story around it. And how do you know how to get out of it? I mean, you need support. So let me ask you this. What does nourishment look like for you in your everyday life? How do you nourish yourself? What does that look like? I'm, I'm taking it right from your palate. It's, it usually lives and feels like slowing down inside a carousel of insanity, which is my mind. Yeah. I came from a home where angst was the normal temperature. Right. So I write all about that in the book. Like my mom um, ran her day or her house like she she was ready with makeup, full makeup on and ready to go to that CEO of Google meeting when she was headed to the dry cleaner with a pillow. Like we're doing this because she also raised her siblings. My grandma was a night nurse. So my mom was the oldest of four and she woke up and did the things and at night and single parent, you know, her mom was a single parent. So that even in marrying, um, you know, in that time it was called marrying. Well, I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm like, how do you, how do we do that? Um, now I don't, <laughs> that terminology doesn't align with the new downloadable apps. Um, sure. but, Marrying, you know, beyond her, her, you know, that was a, that was a goal. I think that was an intention, not having a dad and, um, or a present dad and, and, and kind of just, you know, being on that nurse income. So, um, my mom was a nurse in the emergency room a lot of the time. So that energy, my home felt like an ER. My dad was a brain surgeon. So there was so like a regular Tuesday, like what the, what the hell is that? Like, I'm so good in emergency, just like it's the exact same thing you shared. So in an emergency, my old self, which is a forever healing, but she's much less than she was, feels calm because at least it's happening. And I'm not a crazy person thinking it's happening. It's finally happening. It's the same thing as being full and like getting so full. So it's like, I need an emergency to calm down. No, we don't want to create that. We don't want to create that in our lives. So how do I just nourish in the day? Like you asked me the original question, which of course has that whole field piece, that whole background, because it's a me too for me too, in a totally different realm. It is noticing like we just did with the centering. It's so quiet. No one would even notice it's happening. It's like, oh, I'm feeling, right now I'm feeling the chair. Now I'm feeling my legs. Okay, now I'm, okay, my heart, I'm letting it. <sighs> okay, how important is it? Is a really great question I ask myself. Comes from recovery. How important is it? Like, does this all need to get done today? Because this is, I mean, when I look at my list, it's like, okay, it's for staff of 10. That's violent. It's a violent act. I don't do that anymore. I'll write it all down, but I'm not expecting myself to do it within today. I mean, like, that's completely crazy because I don't care anymore. I don't care. Like, I'm, I am whole, mm -hmm. regardless of that list. But I had to go through journeys where, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be here anymore. I mean, it, it took a lot to get my attention. I had to give my, my breath to the earth. I mean, I, I, my body had to change fully. Like, this isn't just a great idea. And I read it somewhere in a magazine and I thought I'd embody it. It took a lot because it's a lineage long thing. So does it still happen? For sure. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Like the cookie? And then within a few minutes, feeling my feet. Okay, I'm going to make a tea. Okay, wait, I'm going to that place. Let me call the place for the tea and they can bring it out to me. Where can I nourish? So that I'm loving me so that I can serve you. Because me serving you from that place and right here without a body <laughs> isn't going to change our planet. And my devotion to being here and the commitment I've made, honestly, with the earth and with the bigger energy that holds me, call it whatever you want. I, I said, if I, if I get to stay here, 
um, I will be as light on you as I can be. Because our heavy chest, our heaviness isn't supporting her, whether you recycle the yo play carton or not. Has nothing to do with that. It's an inside job. But we need each other. We need to have these conversations so that in the day when you're on your own, your default is either an enormous croissant to slow down or, which sounds really great, by the way, but then what can we put with that? Probably some maybe salmon and a few other things to really support your body. But all the things are just like, how do, how do you get to slowing down before you even wake up? Mm-hmm. And like, what does it look like to slow down? I think in our culture, when we say slow down, it looks like, you know, put on a muumu and Birkenstocks and just get to Hawaii and do nothing and eat a Mai Tai, you know, drink a Mai Tai. It's like, no. Again, we have to redefine all these words that we've been given, all the stories we've been given, and what it means to be living. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you really want to be living your life? Do you want to live with a dry throat and a heavy chest? No, not at all. Is it worth doing this podcast or taking a break? What's it worth? What's your point? What's your value? Meaning to the world. Yeah. Like yeah. whatever your thing is, you have to be it. Right. Because it doesn't serve to be like it topical, which is our culture. And then everybody's being topical and dying inside. I think there's different layers to spiritual awakening. So it's a process of unfolding, like they say with the onion and you're peeling back the different layers. And I was able to come into this profound awakening through my dad coming through before I even knew he was gone and then working with different spiritual teachers, learning that I could connect with the other side. So my first step in spiritual awakening and coming into my spiritual awakening was really, if you think of the layers of energy, you have energy within your auric field, you have energy within your chakras, you have energy within the physical body. My energy would always be in my auric field tuned into the other side and not feeling into the physical body. So when I started to go through this a year and a half ago, it was the journey and the gift of learning how to come into my physical body. And it feels like an entire second spiritual awakening to come into the ecosystem, the vibration, the experience, the intuition of the entire physical body, and almost like the yin yang symbol, then bridge together the energies of the ether, the other side, the divine, with the groundedness, the earth, and bring it all together. Um, Where I think in spirituality and in wellness culture, sometimes we're like, well, you're not this unless you've gone through this i think there's stages to it right like there's stages to opening there's stages to it and that's where i'm at i agree with everything you're saying other than the earth being this separate thing the earth is all of that yes the earth is one again we want to compartmentalize everything from our old story and yet like the earth is everything yeah no 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 i um i've just heard a lot of people say that unless you come into the physical body that you haven't awakened. And I don't think that that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think, think that that's true either. Awaken on many different levels. Yeah, I mean, it's just we live here. Yes, yes. I mean, it's really, a, obviously, it's, it's, it's your choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's also like, what do you want to leave here? I mean, when, when we come into being, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know too much about that you know, that the auric and the things you're sharing, meaning I know about them, I've been in sessions, but it's not um, a world that I would say, like, I'm a yes for all of it. And this work and this conversation in the realms of what it looks like to nourish our deepest lives is a yes for connecting in all the ways I would invite in the inquiry around can you connect to that outside realm 
that is inside of you if you're not connected to that inside of you mm-hmm. to see it and feel it on the outside. And I, and that's what I'm saying. I think you can. I think that you can connect to it on the outside, but you're detached from the physical body. And right. you can. And start- how does that serve you or your family? In this, like, that's a great detachment. Yeah. For I don't know what, if you're writing a book about it, or you're in a scientific experiment, or, 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 but like, if you're, if you're suffering inside your body, in this lifetime, which has been this conversation, you're suffering. Right. Of course, you would want to detach and go out. Of course, who doesn't want to float out there? Yes, please. Can I please get a seat on that journey? Right. Well, and I think that that's where a lot of empaths are. I think that that's where a lot of people that you're probably working with are. They're able to feel into the auric field, but they're not able to embody their spirituality. I think we're saying the same thing. so many things. In two different ways. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are so much. But we don't know that. We think we're tiny and we're trying to stay safe and be, you know. So, yeah, my I mean, obviously. I wouldn't be on that panel. That's not the conversation I'm in. I'm loving those books. I'm totally watching all those movies. I'm a fun, like, yes. And because I'm a yes for energy, everything's energy. And again, if my energy inside isn't matching that wide, just infinite intimacy with what what you're sharing that you love and can connect to. It's like, it's almost like you're taking crumbs while you're in a body. And it's like, wait, hold on. If you believe in the outside thing, why aren't you believing in the inside thing? They're the same. Right. Right. That would, I would be like, I'm interested in that. Like I, I'd want to understand, well, if that's so infinite, so are you, cause you're that. And so And then we bring it into like a Monday and we're like, what, you know, and it's like, why can't Monday feel like that? (laughs) And so that's where the story blocks it. Like, oh no, on Saturdays we do that. But every other day we sin. What? I'm so confused. Why aren't we more aligned with the infinite intimacy of the, the galaxies and the energies and the auras? Yeah. I don't think people know how to nourish themselves, at, at least in my case, because they weren't nourished themselves. I know, and love. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think that they know what it looks like. So how can exactly. you do something that you don't know what it is? Exactly. Until you pick up my book yes. and you start looking at it and you go, wait, hold on. We do that. Oh, but then we could do that. Oh, we could try Woodboard Love in the house. Oh, cool. I love that freedom. Oh, Because really, it's rhythmic. Being nourished is a rhythm. There's consistency to it. It's a practice. It's ritual. It's changing your home culture. Again, if you're a compartmentalizer, as most of us became because that was survival, we'd have to rewrite that story. Yeah. Oh. Jules, thank you so much for being here, everybody. Um, if you're on YouTube, you can see it's the Kitchen Healer, the journey to becoming you. Jules Blaine Davis, I love this photo. I love your work. Thank you so much for just being the most like high vibrational frequency in this world. <laughs> you too. I loved being with you. Thank you. Of course. Um, Jules, everybody can get your book on Amazon, I'm sure, um, everywhere you can find books. Anywhere you can find books. Yes, you can, you can, people are sending, people are sending me books so me, so I can sign them. It's hilarious. There's all different ways. There's a bookstore here in Los Angeles called Romans. There's usually signed books there. Um, but yeah, you can get them Amazon bookshop, your local bookseller. Yeah. Supporting your local your local book people are the be- is the best, um, but also Amazon's great too. And in terms of finding me, I am at JulesBlaineDavis.com. There's really beautiful opportunities in which to connect. So really beautiful to be with you. Thank you so much. Oh, you too. All my love. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
my name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.